Welcome to the 2023 Ladbrokes Devonport Cup edition of the Summer Racing Podcast. I'm Matt Reid on behalf of Taz Racing and joining me as he always does, fresh off a first four as an owner in Friday's Kevin Sharkey, Tasmanian Stakes and a winner in the last, if you don't mind, Bear Robinson. How are you, mate? Going well, Snap. I'm uh, drinking a cup of tea, actually. I had a couple too many beers after the last race on uh, Friday, so I'm raining it in for a little while now, mate. But, yeah, it was a great day. It was How good was the weather and how good was the racing? Yeah, no, it was perfect. Track presented as a, a good four, race superb, the big guns fired, uh, good, healthy crowd on track. Everyone was in good spirits. Uh, there was a lot of sort of... Um, cheering down the straight and, and things like that. Good atmosphere on tracks, probably the word I'm looking for. Yeah, and I mean, let's hope that's the mantra of what's going to happen over the next um, month to six weeks. I mean, we've got another, obviously, Devonport Cup in a couple of days' time, but there is another meeting at Hobart on the 22nd that there'd be no reason why if it was, was another good day weather-wise, we don't get a similar type of crowd. Yeah, well, touch wood, apart from the one race plenty a couple of weeks ago where it was a bit too windy the weather has been sensational another big show coming up we'll sort of review those four feature races as such on last friday's program at hobart devonport cup day we'll have a look at at least the the two big races there the, the cup itself and the new addition to the calendar this year the carpet charge which is an absolute beauty and, and see if we can't find something out wide and our special guest interview this week is uh the Cup's king early in 2023. Johnny Blacker, he's on fire there. So uh, we'll hear from him a little bit later on. But, yeah, let's start with Hobart. As mentioned, that the track raced superbly. We heard from uh, Chris and Wally on last or the last recording of the podcast. And, again, credit to them. Times are really good. We might start with the uh, uh, Tassie Stakes Bear. It was sort of disappointing to learn on race day that the Rebel Factor was scratched and uh, talking to Leon Wells after the win of GG True Story, and I think it was about race three, he said that it was just a foot absence. It was nothing serious. So uh, he'll live to fight another day, and we'll hopefully see him a little bit late in the carnival. But essentially meant that we were left with four Brunton runners, four that you were lucky enough to have a share in. And, geez, if you if you thought it was going to be a, a trial for prize money, we were wrong. Tactics from Froggy on first accused. He was there to win, that was for sure, and um, made the little champ work for it, but he was too good again, Bear. Yeah, yeah um, Froggy rode a very good tactical race. I thought with the winkers and blinkers not on, on the head, uh, I thought he might have ridden him a bit quieter, but um, he bowled along in front, wasn't going to let Bond Street bow lead, and um, it was a really good ride. I actually thought coming to the turn for a sort of 50 metres at first accused might have pinched it, but no sooner had they straightened that the little fella picked up and... Um, was pretty soft in the end, uh, the inevitable. But first accused probably ran his best race for the prep. Thought Mandela hit the line okay, probably looking for a bit further already. And um, Bond Street knocked up over the sort of last couple of hundred. Troy didn't knock him around, but we'll just have to see how he pulls up after that, whether we keep going forward this prep. From all reports coming out of that race, Bear, like the inevitable probably reset for the Thomas Lions. What about the other runners there? I know Bond Street probably summer cup on way to the Hobart Cup, hopefully. Yeah, the inevitable uh, pulled up like he definitely had the run, but I suppose when you're running as fast as he does, that's that's normal in any sort of um, equine athlete. Um, so all being well, he'll go to the Thomas Lines. Uh, first accused, more than likely go to the Thomas Lines as well. Mandela might pop across the river for a um, probably an 1,800-metre race or something similar. Um, but if he doesn't go there, he'll, he'll be in the Thomas Lines as well. And if Bond Street pulls up well, he'll go to the Summer Cup. Uh, in two weeks. 
All right. Exciting times ahead. And I see you thought about the Devonport Cup with Mandela Effect, but he's already scratched, so uh, he'll head somewhere else. Yeah, just drawing drawing out with 61. Um, you know, five-day backup, it's not really worth the risk going all the way up there. And it'd be different if you'd drawn low and drawn towards the rails. You might have got an economical run, but it's just too hard a task with that bigger weight. Other feature race at listed level on the program, Bear, was the Ladbrokes Tasmanian Guineas. I guess the, the story here, and it, it follows on a little bit from the, the Tassie Stakes, so the times that they ran. So uh, we mentioned after the conquering and the three-year-old trophy, Bello Bow actually ran faster time than inevitable that night. Uh, that was largely set up by uh, the time that they went in front in the conquering, which was quite slow. Conversely here, Froggy went quite quick, on first accused in the Tassie Stakes, and, and the leaders went very, very slowly uh, in the Guineas, and and that meant that the overall time was about 13 lengths slower in the two-mile races, and I think it was about the last eight quickest final 200-metre sectionals of the program actually came from the Tassie Guineas, but uh, ding-dong battle down the home straight bear. It looked uh, a race in two in the betting, and ultimately it was the visitor, Russian Ronnie, was too good. What did you make of the race? Yeah, I think you've summed it up well there. I mean, it was actually probably a, a perfectly tactically, tactically ridden race by Winona Costin on Russian Ronnie. Um, at the 200, I'll be honest, I thought Bellow Bow was home, um, but Ronnie had probably just had too much of a picnic in front and was able to kick back and was holding Bellow Bow on the line. And obviously, it was pretty difficult to make ground, and it's nearly five lengths back to third. So, um, yeah, would, would Ronnie, would that be a derby type of horse, do you think, Snap, or...? Well, I thought potentially, but listening to the interview, Bev, I think, spoke to the representative from the Waterhouse Stable after the race, uh, and she suggested that the horse will probably go back home, and it might even be an Australian Guineas horse. I know that was potentially okay. rumoured for Bello Bow, but I think they've got a, a very high opinion of him, and I think we know that, that our bloke goes pretty good as well. So I know he only in inverted commas, brought benchmark 70 form across, but I think he's probably a lot better horse than that. Uh, and I know that these horses have been tailing up our three-year-olds, but we keep seeing the three-year-olds win in, in lesser races as well. So I think there's a, a lot of depth to, to this three-year-old form and, and the winner might be pretty handy in his own right. Yeah, I suppose the race, the 400 metre race at Bellow Bow won last, so it's probably the best form race throughout the carnival at the moment, as you touched on last week, there's been winners come out of that prior to Friday. And again, on Friday, a couple more came through that race and um, were able to win. And probably in the last race, um, flying to Paris probably should have won as well. So that's a very good form race. So does Bello Bow freshen up for the Thomas Lions or what happens there? I heard a whisper that maybe the CS Hayes is on the radar for for Adam heading across the water there. Were you surprised by how easily Brendan handed up the rail uh, early on in this race? You mentioned Winona had a pretty soft time of it in front. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you go back to the podcast, I thought uh, Russian had lead and I thought Brendan might have just sat on um, the Russian's backside. So look, I always probably thought he might have handed up, but, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Should he have handed up? I mean, I don't know. That's He's been beaten point two, so maybe if he had a kick up and lead, the results might have been different, but then the Russian might have taken on Bello Bow a bit more. So, yeah, hindsight's a wonderful, wonderful thing, Snap. What do you think? 
Well, the the thing with this race is, and if you come back to the barrier draw, so you got a you got a horse with good but gate speed in Bellow Bow drawn one, and Russian Ronnie's drawn eight. So you probably got an advantage there. And if you think the shortest way home is the rail, you've drawn one, and for fourteen hundred out of sixteen hundred metres in the race, you probably ended up racing one off the fence. So just by sort of sheer physics, Bellow Bow's covered more ground than Russian Ronnie. If you look at the sectional data, he's run home a length quicker for the final 200, two lengths quicker for the final four and 600 metres uh, and lost by half head. So he's given up the advantage of the rail very early on to to race off it and essentially cover more ground in the race. I thought it was interesting. I thought, and again, it's easy in hindsight, that maybe he could have made Russian Ronnie use a little bit more petrol to get across and that might have taken a, a little bit away from that horse at the finish. But, I mean, two really good horses going neck and neck down the home straight. It, it's easy to be uh, critical uh, with a result going the other way. But I, I just thought it was interesting. For me, the the fascinating part of the race would but was going to be what would happen early. And I thought it was really interesting that um, Brendan handed up really easy to give that position to Russian Ronnie. And, I mean, I, I was with you, Bear, I thought, at the two three hundred, he was going to win anyway. So uh, that horse did exactly what he did at, at Sandown and kicked really strongly. I thought we were sort of barking up the right tree with with Sharma's last. He was a really good run from back in the field. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which way these three year olds go now. I mean, Bello Bow, you'd imagine, doesn't go to say a Launceston Guineas, so that race and maybe a derby are, are probably there between Royal and Tough and Sharma's last, you'd think, out of these horses from this race. Yeah, you'd think so. And I mean, I, I, I'll be shocked if we don't see a couple of the the Hayes' horses or even the Kieran Ma come over for the derby uh, in, in a month's time. So um, I'm not quite sure how many horses out of this race will progress to the derby, but um, don't be surprised if the big influx of mainlanders coming down for the derby in a month's time, I think. Yeah. Agree with that. Uh, Brighton Cup, Class Warrior would have got into the race anyway, but I guess Class prevailed in this one and track record in the in the process. Bear, uh, my take out of this, and, and due respect to the winner, Glass Warrior, it was an extremely popular one on track. There was a lot of carry on when she got the chocolates. Uh, if you could offer me, say, a dollar ten about the Hobart Cup being won by an interstate runner, I would probably take it at this point in time. Yeah, it looks that way unless something pops up out of the ground in the next month. But um, I probably wasn't that keen on Glass Warrior with 59, but just towed him up. Like, it was a massive run. Um, and I think out of the race, except for maybe travelling Gigolo, probably none of the horses that finished beyond uh, second will feature in any major staying races in the carnival going forward. No, I agree. Good ride from Chelsea Baker. I mean, she was last halfway through the race, took off early, rode the horse like the best horse in the race, which her form and record suggests that she was and was too good. Probably got out to a backable price at $11, given the, the class edge that she had. Travelling Gigolo, I think you're right, Bear, very good there. He was $2.80 favourite, and I know a few others will come in for the Summer Cup, but he'll probably be uh, favourite in that race again, I would imagine. Yeah, I suppose that, but just depends. He's, he's not going to be treated well at the weights in the Summer Cup. So I suppose it just depends what comes out of the Devonport Cup that might back up sort of 11 days later. So, um, but Gigolo was a really good run. Um, arguably could have finished a little bit closer, but you can't take anything away from Glass Warrior. 
it gave him a bit of a smacking, really. Absolutely. First race of the program, Bear. History sometimes repeats. Didn't repeat in terms of the result. Repeated in terms of the betting. Thoris of Meyer, about 240 into a dollar fifty-five. Just held on by the barest of margins to defeat Need Sugar in the Alexandra Plate. The massive 12 lengths back to Kaboom Kaboom. Uh, I mean, if, if these horses are going to the Elwick Stakes in a fortnight, you could only possibly take the Quinella. But gee whiz, Bear, he's, he's green of grass, that Thoris of Meyer. If you have a look at the head on, he sort of uh, ducked in sharply under the whip late in the piece, which is sort of why the margin got as close as it did. And I mean... Yeah, there's definitely a cautionary tale about taking shorts about him. I know he got the prize, but yeah, he's uh, he's got a bit to learn. Yeah, did he hit the rail when he ducked in, or did I dream that? No, he uh, he sort of jumped towards the rail, but I don't think he actually hit it. It looked from the side on as though they were racing hard up against the fence, but he was probably a, a runner off, and okay. Brendan's just giving him one down the shoulder, and he's just jumped basically at right angles uh, on the post. So. Um, yeah, he's he's green as we saw in Launceston. I think he sort of benefited from uh, running on the rail that time. Need Sugar had the right run. He was he was there, uh, or sorry, she was there to beat him. But uh, she's probably up there with a with a better two year olds we've seen bear. But I, I've just still got a huge query on how strong any of this two year old form is based on what we've seen in the races so far. Just small fields, and I don't think any of them are superstars. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, there is a. Did you see the horses Ziggy trial the other week? The two year old. Yeah, I did see that one at at Longford last week. So I mean, it's I mean, it just looks ripe for the picking for something to potentially come from outside. I think Cairns is is probably the best of the raced horses that we've seen. But uh, I think if you've maybe got a two year old that hasn't raced yet, you might fancy yourself as a chance of debuting and staying Elwick Stakes or a Gold Sovereign and getting the dirt. Yeah, Thespian Waters is that one I'm talking about, mate. So, yeah, I mean, the winner's still got a lot of improvement to do. So he's obviously in the best yard to do so. So, um, yeah, but I just think, as you say, if something can jump out of the ground, could be one to follow down the track. And I'm starting off with Ziggy Carr's two-year-old whenever it steps out. Yeah, I think you won't be alone there. That might be another Thoris of Meyer type bear, 240 into about dollar forty or something. And hopefully <laughs> it wins like a dollar forty pop should. Uh anything else from Hobart before we uh hear from our guest this week? Yeah, it's self-indulgent. Uh, but I mean uh, Nico the Greek, there's quite a few boys have been mixed up with from a footy perspective. Uh, Adam Bester, uh, who's the North Hobart coach now, Gussie Norton, Ollie Divinito, and Lukey Curtin. Um, you know, it just it just shows what the thrill of owning a winner is. Like uh, we've got ten percent as a syndicate, and you know, it was a couple of those boys' first ever winner. So what I'm trying to say is, if you want to get yourself into a racehorse, whether that be with Scott Brunton, Diggy Carr, Gary White, Adam Trinder, Barry Campbell, Johnny Blacker, then for a small outlay, you can have a really really good experience. And um, it was actually quite funny. Snap, we. Uh, Went down, had a photo taken. The boys were keen to get upstairs into the uh, to watch the replay, and we'd already cracked our first beer. And then the protest sound come on, so I was like, "Oh, we better pull up a bit here." But um, yeah, it was as day those, especially young Gus. He's never really owned a horse before; he's only twenty. So um, yeah, he was wrapped, and I think they kicked on well into the night. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you had too much to worry about with that protest. Unfortunately, that the ship had sailed for flying to Paris by that point in time, unfortunately for those that got the early price, but we won't touch on that. I mean, Nico the Greek, I said this after the race when I was talking to Bev, he, he probably gets a little bit of a bun wrap and he's maybe been a bit of a bookie's horse, but he doesn't know what price he goes around. He runs a good race basically every week. He's 12 starts now for 10 placings. He's won nearly 60 grand. And I have little doubt he's probably going to find at least another two or three wins somewhere along the line. And what else could you ask for in a horse? No, exactly. And his, his racing life, if you actually go through his replays from early days, for one reason or another, he's always caught three and four wide. So he hasn't had the greatest racing experience to say his career. So um, I think when he fills out, you might see a nice horse. So hopefully, as you say, mate, there might be two or three more wins left in him. And um, yeah, we'll look, you know, we're enjoying having a bit of fun with him. Good result. Great day of racing there in Hobart. Really whets the appetite for what's to come during this Ladbrokes Summer Racing Festival. Well, Devonport Cup Day, it seemingly has rolled around a little bit quickly. It's a week later than normal. It's normally sort of the first Wednesday of the month, but thankfully for those involved logistically in putting the show on, they were keen to put it back, and I think it's probably the right move. Uh, our guest this week's a man who's won the Devonport Cup a few times before. He will have one of the fancied runners in 2023, and I am talking about John Blacker. Let's listen to my chat with him a little bit earlier this Monday now. Special guest this week is Longford Cup and Brighton Cup winning trainer uh, John Blacker. John, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. You must be really pleased with uh, the start of the new year. Yeah, look, um in the past, we don't really get fired up till the 1st of January and uh, from the start of the season till now, I reckon we've had a good start and our horses are going well and, uh, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the next uh, six weeks. Well, to that point about your horses, 26 wins for the season, second on the premiership table. You're already nearly past last year's total of 30. Is there anything you can put your, your finger on in terms of the performance of your horses? The stable seems to be going really well. Look, I think um, last year and the year before, we went really quite over winter, you know, and uh, we cut our horses back to about 15, and we, we more or less stayed away from Hobart over the winter months there for some reason. I don't know why now, but, um, you know, we race every week, and uh, and uh, this year we, we decided to uh, bring more horses in late winter and uh, get them fired up, so we like to try and work... Um, you know, we try and work like to work between 40 and 50 horses each each year, and uh, that's why we kept our numbers up coming through the last through late winter. So the race is all now, but uh, you know, every horse is not going to measure up, and uh, we just got to be a bit smart, a bit quicker now to uh, pass them on and find another home for them after they, yeah, if they, if we believe they're not going to measure up properly. Yeah, well, you certainly got plenty at the moment that are measuring up. Uh, the Devonport Cup, obviously a race that hold a, a special place in your heart. What are your memories of, of past Cup triumphs for you? Yeah, look, our record's um, good at Devonport. Whenever we race down there and uh, our horses run well down there. Look, um, I think years ago uh, we got a horse from Gerald Ryan that ended up winning the Cup for us called Proudy All with Simon Snell riding. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if he was our first or second winner that year, but uh, Power Charge. He won a Devonport Cup for us. Uh, you know, I think uh, Triple Strip was unlucky not to win a Devonport Cup after winning the Longford Cup. I think last year we just got beat in the photo with uh, Swoop Dog. So, um, 
Yeah, I couldn't tell you offhand how many we won at Devonport, but I reckon we're nearly won probably three or four cups, I reckon, yeah. Yeah, it's a well, a nice, nice problem to have. I think with Decorum, did she win a Devonport Cup as yeah, well? Yeah, with Decorum won a Devonport Cup with Craig Hewitt, yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, our record's good in the Devonport Cup over the years, and even uh, 10 or 12 years ago, we had horses there that uh, were going around $51, and they were just, I think they ran second and third a couple of years in a row, so... Yeah, it's a good race for us, and uh, it's been a good race for us, and uh, looking forward to going back there on Wednesday with a uh, hopefully two prong attack. Well, let's uh, let's start there. Swoop Dog took a different path to the race this year, as you mentioned. Three way photo, just the White Hawk swooped down the la- the outside and, and got you last year. Uh, he went into this race last year via the Sheffield Cup. This year, he's won the Longford Cup. Um, how do you think he sort of compares year on year? Oh, look, I think last year he was um, he was racing well and I think this year he's racing better, if I could say that. I just think that um, he's a lot more mature now. He's, 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 uh, he's, his action's got better because he's evened out. I think um, his first two runs were good. Uh, new market run was, was fine. Uh, the conquering run was okay because the freshness was rocking and uh, he whacked away on, all right on the day. And you've got to remember that, um, you know, he's been, he's chasing the, the state's best sprinters and weight for age horses up to, uh, up to 1600. So we wasn't disappointed with both his runs and was pretty keen not to run him in anything else and just get him across ready for Longford to walk across the road, have a run, we expect him to win, which he did, and he's pulled up 100% for it. You must be pleased with the uh, the barrier draw. You could probably hardly pick a, a better barrier yourself, even if you wanted to, barrier four. Yeah, no, it's a good barrier for him because he'll, he'll, he'll roll forward. That's his pattern now. He likes the race. He'll roll forward and, and hopefully slide in the first uh, five or six. And, um, yeah, look, I said he's, he's handled the track there before and um, the run at Longford really, really brought him on and uh, his last fast work this morning was... Um, sharp and pulled up really well so yeah I wouldn't want it I would like to sell up anything else in the race bar here at the moment so um, there's no doubt it's going to be dangerous but uh, I think we're one of them Absolutely and with a bit of luck you'll be saddling up too in the race Argyle Beach racing super this preparation picking up pretty consistent checks and I'd imagine he probably will get a, a start in this field I hope so I hope so um, we'll nominate him for next Friday as well but um yeah, he's only a horse that's won four races and he's it's just hard to place at the moment. There he's too much weight in some of his races, in the rating races and uh, nine times out of ten when he steps up to that class of horse, he's on the on the on the minimum on the borderline of getting a run. But um, uh, pulled up well from Longford. Didn't work as sharp as um, Swoop Dog this morning, he's a bit more down. But he's had he's probably had another six or seven more runs this campaign, so Win-wise, he pulled up 100% there in his win and um, he'll just have a walk and swim tomorrow and uh, try and freshen him up again. Looking at a couple of other runners that you've got on, on the program, John, Powell Magnum uh, resumes in a benchmark 64. I know he's a horse that's had his share of issues, but you must have been really pleased to see how he came back last preparation and he's had a, a bit of a freshen since he finished down the track in Launceston. Yeah, look a horse with uh, above average ability and he's not completely sound but he's at the moment he is um he's worked again this morning was uh top class ready for uh for wednesday 
Yeah, we mucked up last campaign. We backed him up quick in the 1400, and I don't think, well, hindsight, we shouldn't have done it now, but we did. Uh, had a freshen up, come back really good. Hasn't had a trial or a jump out, but um, yeah, when he presents on Wednesday, you'll fit enough, so um, he should run really well. Fake Magic's a, a new addition of the stables from Ben, from ben Brisbane. What can you uh, tell us about that three-year-old gelding? He's um, we'll also nominating for when, uh, for Friday as well, but uh, yeah, just a little bit of concern. He's He's got reasonably form in Victoria. He's travelled over really well. Hasn't shown a lot on the track work-wise. He's, he's a pretty relaxed uh, customer. My only concern is that he's got a high rating and uh, he's got 59 kilos against the older horses. So I'll talk to uh, the clients involved and we'll make a decision on uh, Wednesday morning where we take our place or wait till Friday. All right, a couple of options there. You've got the old boy Blazeforth in the carpet charge. I guess more broadly, John, as someone who's been involved in the game for as long as you, it must be really exciting to see an innovation such as the carpet charge go onto the calendar and another option worth over $100,000. Yeah, look, I reckon uh, uh, Lance Rogues and Taz Racing should be recommended because it's, it's a good race and uh, and it's come up a very strong field too. But, uh, yeah, look, Blazeforth. His two runs, or all his runs this campaign, have been really good without much luck. You know, he's, he's only getting beat three lengths and he's doing a bit of work, getting caught wide. The um, the thousand might be a tad short for him, but he's, at least he's drawn Barry Wife there. He'll kick up behind a hot pace. And, uh, you know, I suppose he'll, he'll, be, he'll be strong late, but yeah, 11.50 would have been better for him. But you don't need to go where you have to go, and it's a good race. And, uh, Horses sound and working really well, so we're happy to uh, put put him in the race. All right. Well, a big team in for you on Wednesday, John. I'll, I'll put you on the spot and and ask for your best. Is it perhaps Swoop Dog in the Cup? Yeah. Look, he'd be our best chance to uh, try try and get a result there. And uh, like I said, he's drawn a good barrier. I think he's well weighted. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, Victorian run only was really good when he finished six or seven, and only got beat a couple lengths in a smart field. He likes Devonport, he's got a good rider on him, good barrier draw, and he's going to go in there fit and well. So it, I'd like to, well, it'll run well. I think Puma um, uh, in the first will go really good. He's found a winnable race after the last start there. And then uh, later on in the day, we got um, Swoop Dog, of course, and then uh, uh, Alpine Glass race as well down there. Alpine Affair race as well down there. So, um, yeah, our horses will run well and we could easily win three or four races for the day. Well, that would be nice. All the best with the team, John. Hopefully Swoop Dog can go one better in the cup and you can have a few winners and, and enjoy the day. Thanks very much. Gave a pretty good push for a few different members of his team there, Johnny Blacker, and found it really interesting to hear what he said about the performance of his team and and maybe not coming to Hobart or coming to Hobart now. I think a lot of trainers are probably in the same boat. They maybe thought, well, we're only going to Hobart to get essentially beaten up by Scotty's team or they didn't have the confidence in the track, but now the track's racing superbly. And Johnny Blacker's team's absolutely flying at the moment. You touched on it the other week there. I think he had a, a treble at that uh, postponed meeting. Uh, Glass Warrior ran really well there and he sounds confident of uh, at least a couple of winners on Wednesday yeah definitely but and, and snap that's smart training isn't it like if you don't think you can come to Hobart and get W's which obviously 
pays the bills, leave your horses in the paddock for a bit longer and bring them back and send them for the Devonport season or get them ready to start in October when the Lonnie race is starting. And I think that's smart. Like, contrary to that, Scotty doesn't really send many horses to Devonport where he has obviously doesn't have that many runners, obviously doesn't get many winners, but when the horses are ready to go down here, he seems to dominate. So I think that's really good place about Johnny Blacker. And, um, you know, as you said the other week, his horses are going really well and he's nearly got as many wins so far this season as he did last season. So um, Stable's on fire and he's got a really good Devonport Cup record, hasn't he? So um, I think he's going to be really hard to beat on Wednesday. He sort of, his horses don't necessarily race in any one kind of particular racing pattern, but it feels like to me that he's always got a horse that is probably suited to the Devonport Cup. You you don't necessarily need an out-and-out front runner, but you kind of need a horse that's probably not going to be too far off the speed and and strong at the end of a a truly run 1880. And he generally does seem to have uh, one of those. And this year, I guess the horse uh, looks to be Swoop Dog, who went awfully close last year. We transitioned to the Denport Cup there. We're recording at about 4.30 on Monday afternoon. We do have a market here, courtesy of Labbrokes. Alpine Wolf, 3.70 favourite. A Swoop Dog, Johnny Black has run a 6.50 into 3.90. Reward Achiever, 4.40. A Dramazing, 7.50. Sir Simon, 4.50 at the top. They're the runners that are in single figures. I think it's probably a cup bear where there's uh, haves and have-nots. I think those market runners that I probably just spoke about, most quaddies probably wouldn't go um, much wider than that, but I'm not sure it necessarily makes the job of picking which one of those five I mentioned is any easier. No, I agree, and I think it's very similar to the previous lead-up races, whichever horse has generally had the best run in transits come away with a win, and the Devonport Cup's going to be no different. So um, it's probably going to be a tactical affair. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's a tough race. It's not a real race I want to dive into, to be honest, mate. Like, I did see Swoop Dog went up 6.50, but that didn't last too long. So um, obviously uh, he's your second child, Swoop Dog, so you might have had something to do with that. But, um, yeah, it's a tough race. Yeah, it's a, you're right. It's sort of it's it's a luck in running. I mean, Devonport's kind of that type of track. It it's pretty tight. It, it can be difficult to make up um, from blues if you kind of end up in the spot that you don't want to be, as we well and truly saw with Dramazing in the Golden Mile. I think she was the real eye catcher from the Sheffield Cup, and it was probably one that people thought, oh, well, when she gets out to the Cup trip, we'll definitely be keen to be on her. She draws sixteen of sixteen bear, which just makes things really difficult. I know I penalised her a little bit when I did my market and and runner-by-runner preview last night, just thinking that she's probably going to be back last or somewhere near it, giving a huge uh, advantage to those on speed at the 600, and and it might be really difficult from there. Uh, Where did you land in terms of, I guess, your your top four for the race? Top four, probably not in any real order because they're all about the same price, but I think Sir Simon, he's been really set for the race. Just got touched off last year. I mean, he probably nearly wins if the stable mate hadn't taken him on last year from the 600. Um, I was really impressed with Swoop Dogs, uh, Longford Cup winner. I love horses in this race that draw low, and Swoop Dog sort of maps to get a really, really good run. Um, I'll give Al Pommel for a really good chance. Um, he's drawn the pole. Uh, they sort of uh, diverted from going to the Tassie Stakes to avoid the inevitable and have 
he's probably made a wise, a wise choice and he's going to get every possible chance from from barrier one and he he was sort of he was beating sweep dog home at the way for age races so i think you've got to take that into account and i'm just gonna like dramazing just just from the gate it's going to be last in running you would have think so it's going to be a, have to be an absolute massive run for for her to win from where she maps so i just sort of a little roughy um i thought valabar might improve it, it sp quite close to uh, Swoop Dog in the Longford Cup, and I reckon it's probably just run out of condition. I know that they've probably set it for the race. Um, it likes the track. It's one start the distance for a win, and it's about $30, $35, and I reckon um, if you had any luck in running, um, it strips a lot fitter. It'll strip a lot fitter on Wednesday, and it might be one for first fours, but I think the winner will come from the top three in the market. Yeah, 31 bucks, Valabar, so... You do know how to find one at a price at Devonport. Maybe it's Valabar uh, this year. Yeah, look, I'm sort of in, in agreement as far as the the main chances go. Sir Simon, you'd love to see him win a race like the Devonport Cup. He's been so good. He's racked up so many wins, but I guess a, a really big race has probably eluded him. It's it's hard. Like he he probably trots to the barriers with a big target on his back because I guess most jockeys know that he wants to bowl along in front um i sort of said this in my preview but how many body punches he probably needs to take in the run or determine what he's got left in the home straight and i just feel like he might get run over again by at least one or two but he's just so honest and you just can't leave him out of every, anything i think he's probably well enough found it at about 450 i think swoop dog does jump favourite in this race, Bear, as he did last year. He's just the real box ticker. Um, good jockey, good gate, form at the track, beat narrowly last year. I, I can see him. I think he SP'd somewhere around 350 in this race last year, and it wouldn't surprise me. I really struggled to know what to do with Alpine Wolf here. Uh, I'm inclined to take him on a little bit just because of the, the conquering run. I, I was keen on him as a potential upset to your bloke that night, and... Uh, D. Ganderton gave him a, a superb run on the rail, but he just sort of didn't hit the line great. I don't know if he's an 1,880-metre horse. I know he won the Lonnie Guineas as a three-year-old at 21, but he fell in there and didn't really convince me on his staying credentials. But I guess that the argument would be arguably his best ever career performance was his mile win in the Guineas. So if you think he was strong there, maybe he can strong at 1880 i definitely wouldn't be backing him as as favorite he goes in the quaddy but i'd need a little bit of a drift i think the other one i'm keen on bear just again from a map perspective is reward achiever i know glenn stevenson said that he was unlikely to go to this race but all along i sort of thought it'd be very difficult for him to pass up the opportunity to try and win his hometown cup when he's got a live chance and yes, she's a, a bit of a query at 1880, but she'll get the right run. She doesn't have to lead. I know she got it served up on a platter in the Sheffield Cup, but I think we saw in the Golden Mile that she can take a sit and, and probably still hit the line strongly. I just think she'll either be leaders back or or in that first four or five and, and from there get her opportunity. I thought she might be a slightly bigger price reward achiever. I think... Maybe if you wait until the day, you might get five something in each way odds, but uh, I thought She's she's one I'd be looking at as well, reward achiever. And would love to have a, a little saver on Dramazing. I think maybe got to follow her after we found her in the in the gold mile and got the price without it. But 
I think she was definitely the run of the race in the Sheffield Cup. The, just the barrier makes it so difficult for her. Yeah, and I suppose as a punter, anyone out there, if there's something in this race you like, just 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 back it with a little bit of confidence if you think they can win because it's a very, very even Devonport Cup for mine. I like that. If you like something, just back it. There's something in that. Responsibly, all... responsibly. Absolutely. There's something in that for, for all punters out there. Uh, $100 strategy time, Bear. Neither of us troubled the scorers, unfortunately, in the if. Tasmanian Guineas. Yeah, 90, Bellow Bowyu, 10, Sharma's last, second and fourth. And I was a, a one by three or one by nine on Sharma's last, 10 to win, 90 to place. Unfortunately, the the race didn't really pan out uh, for us there. Hundred dollar strategy though in the Devonport Cup there. Which way are we looking? I'm going to gap you here, Snap. I'm going to have seventy on Sir Simon, and I want to have fifteen dollars each way Valabar. Seventy on Sir Simon, fifteen each way Valabar. Yeah, well, it might be nearly game over if <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if Valabar can salute it at those prices. Although he got a bit of time, bit of time left in the. Don't want to be podcast. chasing too far out. No, very true. But you're still about 280 bucks ahead of me after five meetings. Uh, I am going to go reward achiever for 60. Yep. And I am going to go swoop dog for the remainder. Are we taking fixed or are we taking tote? Uh, what have we got? Uh, $31 about Valabar. You'd be keen to lock that in, wouldn't you now? 31 and 650. Depends if people listen to the podcast and think if I'm a bad judge or not, it might blow out. <laughs> and Sir Simon's 450. No, I want, I'll take Tote Simon and fix Valabar. All right, 31,650. I'll take mine on the on the Tote. So we'll make Reward Achiever probably the bigger result of the two. I think she might drift out the bigger odds and, and I'll be basically chopping out on the race at Swoop Dog wins. So we'll go Tote prices about them as well. But yeah, it's sort of love the Devonport Cup each year, Bear, but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It, it's sort of a, if, if you are bullish, you may as well step in, but it's kind of a race where I don't really see a, a ton of value. I think kind of the chances pick themselves. And when that happens, they tend to be reasonably well found in the market. Yep, I agree, mate. Similar story, even though we haven't got prices at the time of recording with the Ladbrokes carpet charge. And I'll touch on this a, a little bit later uh, in the podcast, Bear, but uh, those associated with getting this race put on couldn't be happier with the field that's assembled it's an absolute beauty it's a lot of different angles it's a race where clearly a lot of horses that wouldn't go to devonport uh have gone there just because of the one hundred and nine thousand dollar price tag associated there's a community element associated with this that a lot of people won't be aware of 12 local sporting clubs have got the opportunity to, to win a share in twelve thousand. so uh, sorry twenty five thousand. so it's it's going to oh, really nice. add something to the day and um it's a brilliant race, as I said, Bear. We haven't got any markets, but um, have you got a strong opinion on the carpet charge? Most people I've spoken to think it's very, very difficult. No idea, um, but they've wrapped with the field they've assembled. I mean, if you add the inevitable and first accused, it's probably a new market type of setup. So, um, yeah, no firm opinion. Um, it's hard without a market like to sort of give any real – Strong tip, but I'll be interested to see what price Turk Warrior went up. I thought he was a good runner in the new market. Um, and I reckon after the new market night, I've said, let's set him for this race. And um, although he hasn't uh, raced on the track, 
I did go back through and have a look at his uh, history and I see that he had a trial in there early days. So um, just luck in running. Obviously, he's going to play a big part in the whoever wins this, but I just thought he might be uh, some sort of hope in this race. It does look a, a really good race for Turk Warrior. You'd have to think that the name kind of says it all, but you got a 1,000-metre race, capacity field, open-class horses. There really shouldn't be anywhere to hide early on here. It'll be a tough race to lead from barrier to box, so to speak, and I'm probably looking for one that might just camp behind them and, and be really strong late. Turk Warrior was the one I, I had favoured in my market at about 450, I think. Uh, Julius, I've got his next pick uh, just ahead of the stable mate, Emily, who's a really progressive uh, filly, and she's been racing really well on the carpet. This is a, a decent step up in class. I think Julius is going to love getting back to his home track. He, he probably is the horse that, that leads on the rail, Julius, so he's going to have to absorb a bit of pressure, but I thought his recent trial was good. The one that I could probably kick up here for at a price bear is the toppy GG second over. I think he'll be uh, double-figure odds. I thought his run was full of merit in the Winsenberg. Uh, Taylor Johnson inside gate. They went pretty hard there. She didn't really have anywhere to go trying to find a, a run close to home and then three wide no cover in the new market. Uh, he has run in Devonport. Uh, he has a track and distance win. It was way back in, uh, I think, 2018 or 2019. So it was a lot earlier in his career. And I know he gives weight to the field, but he's basically done that for the last couple of seasons. B McCool on, decent draw. Hopefully he doesn't get run off his legs early, but I could see him being strong late and, and maybe get me for something each way at somewhere around the $15 mark. I think he might be. Yeah, I think we touched on there just hopefully he doesn't get run off his legs too early, obviously back to a 1,000, but um, obviously Brendan takes over and he's going to give him every chance because he has been really consistent in this preparation without any real luck. So um, he probably deserves to get a, another W on the board, um, but it's just a bloody tough race, to put it frank. And Emily's the sort of horse in this race. If he has a nice sucky run just in behind him, it could actually explode and knock them all out. But in saying that also, if um, they go mad and, a couple of the leaders come back in Emily's face and it could go the line hard-heeled. So, um, yeah, it's a really, really tough race. I'll be interested when markets go up, what price some of these horses go up at. I think it's a race where there'll be a lot of different opinions too, so it could be a really good betting race. What do you what do you do with Algernon heading up to the carpet? I think he's the type of horse that really sums up the difficulty of this race. Uh, he's a Hobart track specialist. It's, I mean, it's probably selling him a, a little bit short to say he doesn't necessarily go anywhere else. He's run some good races in Victoria, not beaten far. Uh, he goes to Devonport for the first time, sticky draw, blinkers come off. I mean, if bookies put him up, say, $3, I wouldn't be surprised. If they put him up 8 or $9, I necessarily wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think Algernon and Galenus are the big question marks in this race. They're obviously both got their fair amount of ability, but you just don't know if they're going to handle the track. And, um, I mean, Algernon can come and blow this field away. I think he's a very, very good sprinter. He's probably – his condition probably just gave out first up a little bit over the concluding stages. Um, but you, you're spot on what you say, Snap. Like, he could open $3 and then he's probably too short, but the bookies might then risk him and he puts him up 8 or $9 and he's probably a bet. So I reckon that sums this race up. Yeah, he'll be he'll be one. I can see the market taking it a set against. I could see him opening short and and just being a big time drifter. And if he did win, you'd go, well, how's he how's he paid that price? But uh, we'll go wide in the carpet charge. Um, 
Yeah, I think in in the first leg of the quarter, we will go wide there. We'll just take a, a really short break. We'll come back and have a look at a couple of other plays and wrap up with Snap Special and Bears Brief. Ladbrokes' new bet ticker now available. Watch the exclusive live feed on your Ladbrokes app and see where the big bets land. Get the down low on the download. Ladbrokes! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The nine-race program in Devonport on Wednesday, Bear, it, I think it's it's a good one. We've got pretty deep fields for the majority of the day. Uh, as mentioned, we're, we're only working off a market for the Cup. Uh, you mentioned you've had a, a pretty decent look at, at race seven, one of the quaddy legs there. Yeah, I just thought in race seven, I, I actually had a couple of dollars each way in Ring of Honor first up, and it didn't run a bad race. It, I'll just be interested what price it goes up uh, when the markets come out. I, I was keen on Copper Charm the other day when Ziggy was able to find the top, but I just didn't like the way it sort of finished off over the concluding stages. It might have to do a bit of work from Barrier 10. I just thought Ring of Honor might go up a decent price in a race where Gigi's House Prince will probably be in the market. Power Magnum resumes probably be in the market as well, and obviously Copper Charm will probably be in the market. So I just thought... I'll be quite interested to see what price Ring of Honor goes up. A couple of kilos come off for Cody's claim. Obviously, you can claim on these bigger days. And I'll just, um, you know, we might get 15 and 20 to 1 about it. And it might get me for a couple of dollars each way after the right price goes up. It'd be suited up in distance, you would have thought, Ring of Honor. Yeah. So, I mean, if uh, it gets in with 58, obviously, there's no Emily or Serene striker. It's going to need a bit of luck from the gate. But if they better price, it's decent. You might get 15 and 21. And I'd, Probably entertain having a few dollars each way on that. I don't mind that. The time of recording, I've only got a couple of races left to do, and that's one I haven't looked at in detail. Uh, for me, I think it'll be a day where there's not necessarily any out-and-out morals. I had something at a price at uh, his first start for Team Wells last time, Katzenjammer, who went huge, uh, was wide no cover from a from a bad gate and, and kicked on to run really well against Tricky Mickey, who I thought will be a chance in the class one a little bit later on. You're not going to get anything about the like the $31 that he was last time in the opener, but I think uh, he might be able to kick punters off on the right note. I've got a small share of Banker Glee Bear, who won on Longford Cup Day. She heads to the maiden class one. 1880 Tazbred race. So it's pretty lucrative, this one, uh, for connections. Hopefully she can get a, a result there. I thought she's been running really well, this preparation, just settling a mile back from from bad barriers and, and hitting the line well. And Georgie was able to posse closer from a better gate last time. I think the Devonport carpet is a, a real unknown for her, but um, hopefully she handles it and she can run a nice race. I think race nine looks to be a race in two between uh, Mascaretta and Gigi can win. Mascaretta, one we, we found last time to beat Gigi's gemstone and and she was able to do that. And Gigi can win looks very much suited getting back to 1350 with B McCool aboard. I don't think you'll need to go any wider than those two in the last leg of the quaddy. So, yeah, we'll see what, what the bookies throw up for us uh, when markets go open and, and hopefully we can uh, tip the punters in a few Winners, how did you finish up on uh, Friday? Actually, pretty good. I um, a little segment we do on SEN. Obviously, was able to tip them uh, Zulu Guru, which uh, was about ten or eleven dollars. So that was a nice little bet each way. And 
I also backed the winner of race four. Snappy, you're going to have to help me out here. Uh, the Stevenson trained horse. Uh, Pink Beauty. Yep, yep. Once it lobbed, you did your speed map beautifully. Said there's not much pace. It went straight to the front and they bet double figure odds that as well in early markets. So, um, yeah, it was a nice, I had a nice, nice day out, which was good. Took the uh, lovely out for Titus and Albies that night and uh, woke up money in the pocket on uh, Saturday morning. So it was a good result. They'll get you in the good books. Yeah, it was a, a big win, Zulu Angel. He's probably a horse that, that might be stepping up in distance to, to find um, races down the line. But maybe uh, he could be a, a derby horse, although it might come up a, a bit quick having won over 1,200 metres. Uh, we'll wrap things up, Bear, with our couple of uh, little segments that we do. Who have you got in the gun this week for Bear's Brief? I've got a couple in the gun snap, if that's right. So I'll try and be quick. Um, I've just seen uh, when you get the Devonport Racing Club notification that if you've got a runner in, you've got to pay to get in and then they reimburse you at the office. For the life of me as an owner, I cannot understand this. Surely there's a better system. Show some identification at the gate, get your name crossed off and uh, you'll get a pass to get in. So um, that's I'll leave that there, but that's just what I think. But maybe I'm batting away in the 1980s. But anyway, um, the other thing that's uh, caught my attention, one of my good mates, Toddy Struthers, uh, has uh, said I need to bring this up on Bears Brief. Now, uh, Friday was a showcase day for our racing. It's a really good start to the summer carnival. The first three races got bumped from Sky 1 to Sky 2 because simply the horses weren't ready on time to get into the barriers. It's a frustration of mine that, I think even race one, the horses only went out two minutes before the race. I understand they're two-year-olds, but we need to be better as an industry and and get these horses around there in time and try and get them loaded as quickly as possible. Obviously, understand there's um, things out of our control that can cause the races to run late, but just to lose our first three races to Sky 2 was pretty frustrating, and I I think uh, we lost race seven as well to Sky 2, but that was potentially because of the late scratching. But I just think as an industry... All participants, um, people ensuring the horses get around there in time need to be better because we want our main races on the Sky Racing One. It's a real unforced error, I think, when they're when they're late coming into the yard and or they don't parade and they're late getting out out on the track and and from there you you got the barrier staff in a really difficult position because they're playing catch up. It's not their fault that the horses have arrived late. So um, yeah, I'd agree with that, and I think in just in terms of the the presentation of the product. It, it's poor if horses aren't parading or they come in late and they go straight out onto the track. And yes, I know a few horses have their quirks, but uh, I'm sure it's not as many as as aren't presented. Yeah, I understand that, Sap. And I, but I suppose we need them in the yard. So when you're doing your coverage on TAS Racing, you can be actually talking to the viewer at home about how the horse is presented or it could be the owner sitting at home who can't get to the track um, they want to see their horse in the yard and they don't see it in the yard prior to the race. So, um, yeah, just just a little little one percenter. I think if we can get better, it'll make our product even better than what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that, particularly as someone that hosts the races from time to time. Uh, Snap special this week, Bear. Just a bit of a, a hat tip to those in charge with or responsible for getting the, the Labrokes carpet charge added to the calendar and, and Labrokes Devonport Cup Day. To be frank, 
Devonport Cup days probably been disappointing the last few years from a racing perspective. Um, the support races haven't really been strong. We used to have a, a feature sprint on the program, but it's fallen away. We've basically been left with the uh, with the Devonport Cup, and, and hopefully you have some nice horses in the support races. But we've now got some big names. We've got a hundred nine thousand dollar race. It, it was an, an it was an initiative. Obviously, Labrokes have come on board to support it, but the idea had to be born from somewhere and, and whoever that was really well played. I think we're seeing a bit of infin- a bit of innovation with our race um, programming as such. The, the Black Flash is going to be on in a few weeks' time. It's a $75,000 race for three-year-olds. And, I mean, you, you can only put the races on and, and hopefully they're really well supported and the, the prize money is excellent. Uh, I think there might be a few other little tinkers to come in terms of our, our race programming across the summer. I think we maybe saw it with the Tassie Stakes on Friday, Bear, whether that race is absolutely in the bang in the right spot. Maybe it could be moved a little bit to to try and get a few more horses to go there. But um, look, really well done for getting the race added to the calendar. It's going to be a great spectacle and a great race on Wednesday. Well said, Snapper. And to whoever who has touched on is showing some initiative and putting races like this on, that'll ensure the industry keeps going in the right direction. People will buy more horses at the sales. Uh, more people will generally get interested in our products. So, um, yeah, hats off to those people. Well, I saw a tweet earlier today and um, I, te- I I agree. Like the carpet charge, the horses going there were basically left without really a, a logical race on the program post Newmarket, post Windsenburg. So um, they're either running in unsuitable races or maybe go into state or, or maybe go to the paddock. So it, it's another option for horses. And we don't really have a, a lot of them for um, horses in that high 70s, low 80s type bracket, which is a problem I know that you would have faced in the past with some of yours. Yeah, spot on. And you know, they'd be wrapped with the race that the carpet charge has been able to assemble and, um, yeah, may the best horse win, Snap. Absolutely. Really looking forward to getting up to Devonport. I'll be there live hosting the Taz Racing TV coverage with Duncan Dornoff. There's always a big crowd on track. Uh, what's Wednesday bring for you, Bear? Are you on the tools or will you be able to watch a few of them? No, I'll be on the tools, but I'll, uh, I might start early and finish early, mate, and get out the back and just sit there and, have uh, Sky One on the left-hand side and the Taz Racing uh, stream on the right-hand side out the back at home. So um, looking forward to it. Perfect. All right. Well, thankfully with the racing in Devonport, you won't own 75% of the runners. <laughs> so a few of the other owners in Tassie can have a bit of a share of the prize money. Turn it up. Great. But, uh, so we're, after this one, I think we are recording ahead of the Elwick Stakes meeting in Hobart. Bear should mention, though, that there is a, a race meeting in Launceston on Friday. So it's going to be a very quick turnaround as far as the form goes. But always nice to be able to secure that slot. It's great for turnover on Sky. Yeah, and don't you go too hard on uh, Wednesday after the race with our old mate Miles. I know he's coming down from SCN and he's pretty keen to get involved. And I've never met the man, but to me it sounds like he'd go pretty hard after uh, his uh, official duties are finished. So you just make sure you uh, behave yourself. Always, always, always. Thanks as always for your insight, mate. Hopefully we can find a winner. And I guess the, the, the only thing we could leave people with a tip is don't leave Whitehawk out of the quaddy.